both great. Families, we love them. How are you doing this morning? We're doing it. Okay, so we want to talk this morning about loving well. Amen? Who wants to love well? Okay, so here we go, right? I know I want to love well, and I've realized I don't do it well. So I'm, I, I did a study for me. I'm sharing it with you. And so we talk about loving well, and we know the Bible talks about loving well. I think it's often helpful to have it broken down. I know it is for me. We're going to start with 1 Corinthians 13. If you want to put that up for us. It says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not boast in oneself. It is not puffed up or arrogant. Does not behave rudely. Love does not seek its own way. It is not easily provoked. It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in people's sin, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Love hopes all things. Love believes in all things, and it endures all things. Love never fails. What, what a verse. <laughs> Right? Like, doesn't that kind of make you want to quit? <laughs> like, you think, I, I haven't done one well. And this gives us about 15 of them. I'm not going through 15, don't worry. But this gives us. I'm going to go through the first two, which I believe the first two speaks of the rest of the verse. Now, we know that when Paul is talking here, he's speaking of actually before and after about the gifts of the spirits and the things that we are to attain to and ask for and seek after. And he's saying these exploits that we can do in the name of the Lord, and they're amazing exploits, aren't they? Like, I want to heal the sick, don't you? I want to cast out demons. I want to set a captive free. I want to open blind eyes. I want to prophesy in the name of the Lord Jesus. I want people's lives to be changed when I speak. Don't you? Amen. I mean, I love that. And Paul's talking about that. But he's actually communicating that you can do that, Tracy. But if you don't love well, that is a clanging gong to my ear. And I think, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, isn't that loving well? He's like, well, no, you're actually moving in the things I've called you to, but loving well are the things that you get to choose to walk in. And he says, you may not be a clanging gone to the people in front of you. In fact, they will love you, amen? You heal someone who's sick and they're gonna love you. You help them get sober and free from an addiction, they're gonna love you, are they not? You help someone walk the straight way. You open the eyes of people's hearts to see the Lord in a clearer way. They're going to love you. If I started speaking in the tongues of angels, you would think I'm amazing. I mean, after the pandemic, I could go on a circuit. You guys, we would record it. I'd be, I'd be a millionaire for real. We see it happen. And God goes, that's fine, but I actually need you to do more than that. That gets you nowhere with me. That gets you a lot of places with people. And that's okay. But he says, I want you to get somewhere with me. And to do that, you need to love well, not just do the exploits that I have bestowed upon you. Because those exploits are from the Lord, are they not? He says, now I'm gonna give you the grace to love well, but I need you to search it out a little bit deeper. We all want the person next to us, right? Elbow, that one next to you, to love well, don't we? We're like, listen up, honey. This is gonna be good, right? It's like, my life's gonna get better after this. And, and that's true, we do want them to, but I'm actually speaking to you. I'm speaking to me. I'm speaking, does Tracy love well? And so what I want to do is look at what it says. And so the, the scripture, the original Greek, often, what, well, let me say this. Often what we see is we hear this verse say, love is patient. And that's true, love is. But that's not what this verse is speaking of. Patience and uh, suffering are two different ballgames. Now, I think it's great to be patient. Amen. <laughs> Amen? We like patience, but that's not what it's saying. 
It's actually saying love suffers long. And I think, I think I like the word patience. I think it rolls off my tongue a little better. I think it works. It's so sweet. And he goes, I appreciate that, but I'm telling you that love suffers long. And I'm like, okay, well, what do you really mean? And he goes, love suffering long means you suffer with someone. And I'm like, oh, which means I, I stand steady with someone who's bugging me. I'm not always pointing out their failures. I'm not always helping them. Love suffers long, you guys. It's telling us that we want to learn what it says to suffer long. And suffer long means that we're tolerant, that we put up with, that we bear with, that we stand with, that we actually endure. We endure the way they eat their cereal in the morning. Right? Now, that's a silly one, but it's real. We don't endure with simple things. We have a hard time enduring with the simple idiosyncrasies or behaviors of the person next to us. They just bug us. And so we want them to know. And the Lord goes, no, love actually says it suffers long. And so, uh, Tracy, I need you to, to handle yourself differently when you're speaking and living with the people around you. And so it, it's to support. It's to weather. Now, patience, we all want patience, but patience is like a social grace. Patience is a character trait for sure, but it's also being socially gracious. And when we think of patience, we think the person that's driving fast and you're in the car and you're like, oh gosh, you're kind of holding on to the thing because they're impatient, so they're driving crazy to get where they need to go three minutes faster. We think of talking to the person. Anyone ever talk to any of your sprint people on the phone and you need to have patience? And you just like want to go, oh. Or, you know, a Amazon has made an entire generation impatient because we want that package in two days. And if it's four days, it's like, what, 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 what do you mean four days? And that's impatience. And that's, we want impatient. We want to be patient. We want to have that character, but that's not what love's talking about. Love's actually talking a little bit deeper. It's going, no, you, you, need to, you need to learn to suffer with people you don't really like. And some of them are family members. Come on, right? Holiday season. Aren't we having fun? Smile behind those masks, please. <laughs> And, it's, and, it, and the Lord goes, yes, but I, I, I want you to see the places where you easily step away from loving well. You easily, you easily give up on people. Now, I, I want to exclude a, a segment. I want to exclude those who have lived in abusive family systems or are in an abusive relationship now. We're not asking you to take it and be quiet. That's not love. We're, we're, in fact, asking you to come out of hiding. We're, we're asking you to seek help. We have, we have lots of avenues here at Forerunner Church. We have lots of avenues for us to seek help in many different arenas. And so we encourage with all due diligence for us to seek help, especially if you're in an abusive relationship. So I don't want that one to go, see, I knew I should have taken that beating longer. That's not what we're saying, for real. We're not saying that. So we, we want to make that really clear. And we want to help you navigate the challenges. There's so many challenges. There's so many layers to those types of relationships. And we're, we're here to help you. And we're here to support uh, uh, you getting free from those situations. Um, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the average person in, within family systems. The average person at work. And uh, we want to have a significant foundation of what it looks like to love. And, and we want to look at what it looks like when God says that love suffers long and that love is kind, right? Love is kind. Now, I, I want to separate also kindness and nice. They're two separate things, right? Nice is you've opened the door for someone, you're smiling behind your mask. Nice is you're pleasing, you're, 
You know, you might be just, you know, um, you know, offering a, a agreeable stance. It's, it's manners. We love that. Amen. We want manners. We want social graces. Amen. <laughs> we want, so, we want social graces. We want to be nice. We want to, but nice and kind are truly two separate things. So you could be kind with actually not being nice. Nice is quite deeper. Nice is a, a level up of what God's requiring of me towards you, whom I'm irritated with and I'm not suffering along with. And God goes, I need you to blend these two. I need you to suffer. And while you're doing it, to be kind to that person. And I'm like, okay, we need to, we need to talk, Lord. And he goes, we do. I'm like, oh, yes, we do. And he goes, Tracy, you can do this, but I'm, I, I want you to make it a step deeper than what you're doing. And the way you do it, because kind is compassionate. Kind is caring. It's empathetic. It's generous. It's giving when you don't have. It's serving when you don't want to. Kind is, is being warm and affectionate. Kind is doing the things that take of us. Takes of us, doesn't it? It takes me to be kind to the person in front of me. It really does. And it's rarely convenient. I find kindness in is, is not always convenient. Nice is convenient, right? I can do nice. Sometimes, don't talk to my children, but I can do nice. Kind is a different ball game. And we wanna, we, we wanna be steeped and covered in kindness. In fact, it says, bind kindness around your neck because it so easily falls off of you. I hear a lot of people pray that God would make them kind, I think. No, you get to do kind. You get to choose kind. You get to choose to behave the way you want to behave. Do we, do we connect with God's not gonna make you behave in a way you don't wanna behave? Are you with me? God's gonna do his part. He's gonna give us a greater grace to choose the things of him. And grace is the gasoline in our car that gets us to the place we wanna be, which is to be a kind, long-suffering person. And he goes, Tracy, I'm gonna empower you, but every morning you're gonna to have to make that choice. Every morning you're gonna to have to make, you're gonna to have to do your side of the street. I'm gonna do my side, but you have to do your side. And I think it's easy for Christians to go, well, God just hasn't made me kind. It's like, He's giving you a way forward. You have to say yes. I have to say no to sugar. I can ask God all day long to set me free from sugar. Anybody with me? I mean, January 1st. I mean, not now. <laughs> Heaven's not now. <laughs> January 1st, I already have a plan. <laughs> like every good addict, <laughs> right? Like every good addict, January 1st, I'm doing it. But it's like, I have to say no to it. He's going to give me the grace, but I actually have to do it. These are the same principles we have to choose. Now, we, I believe wholeheartedly that the Lord has given us our family systems to learn how to love. Beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> our family systems is what he gave you to learn how to love. It is really easy to love my friendship group I see once a week. It's really easy to love the person that I'm talking to and helping. It's really easy to do all of these things. And the thing is, is that I know that some of us, we're gonna hear this and we're gonna go, okay, I can do that. And chink, 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 chink. We sort of lock it off. And then we go home and we're kind of snarky and snotty to the person we're with. And God goes, no, 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 that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for you to do that in your homes. got a little quiet, but that's where he's looking for us to do it. He's looking for us to understand that his expression 
of long suffering, his expression of just being kind, his expression of how you're treating those around you, he wants first and foremost within our families where it's a little harder because we kind of go home and we put on the pajamas and it's like we strip off everything and we just are who we are because we just get to relax because I'm a little stressed out. Are you with me? And then the people around me have to deal with, I just get to relax. I've been stressed out all day. And I think we live in a very stressful society. I think the increase of stress has just become exponential. Is anyone with me? It's just exponential. And the Lord says, I, I appreciate that. I understand it. But I want you to be kind to the person you're living with. I want you to suffer along with them and the things that you're challenged by them. I don't want you just to have a social protocol of being this way out here at church, at being this way out here in your marketplace, at being this way, well, you know, most of us are at home from our marketplace, but being this way with the people that you're serving with, and then when you come home, you're actually a different person because you're just relaxing. You're just letting it all go. And he says, no, that, no, no, no. I, I would rather it be the other way around, Right? I mean, I remember my children are older. Um, they're all in their 30s. And I remember when they were little, you know, back when the phone was on the wall and going, stop it. And then, hello, hi, oh, sure. You gotta stop, yes, right? Anyone? It's kind of what we do. Like we're screaming at them, stop, stop, stop. And then we're super nice to the random person. And he goes, I appreciate you being nice to the random person. They probably really appreciate you being nice to them. But I, I want you to be kind to your children. I believe it's the highest goal. I, I, I'm saying this strongly. I have it in bold, you know, circled. I think it's the highest goal of our Christian faith to walk in love. The highest goal of our Christian faith is to walk in love. And society doesn't define to me what love is. Jesus defines what love is. First Corinthians defines what love is, and that's an intense verse. That's an intense verse. I think of the example in, back in that verse where it even says, if you take everything you have and you sell it all and give to the poor and you actually are not loving the people around you well, you're still a clanging gong. And listen, God loves the poor. There's only one person that God says, I'm lending to in Proverbs. He says, he who takes care of the poor, I'm gonna lend and pay back to them. Who wants God to owe them something. <laughs> I want God to owe me something, right? Which means I actually have to take care of the poor. I, I, I want God, I want, yeah, obviously he doesn't owe us. He lends to us. He says, I'm going to repay you. He's not owing anyone anything, but he's like, I'm going to repay you. He says, those who take care of the poor, I'm going to repay. He says, but if you do this great exploit and give to the poor and you're still unkind when you get back in the car, I'm unimpressed. You're a clanging gong to me. We all will stand before that judgment seat of the Lord. Every last one of us. I'm going to stand there by myself. I'm not standing there with whatever you, whoever you want to stand with, right? We all have that one person. You're like, can I stand behind them? And he's like, no, you're going to stand before me. And if you've done all the exploits, but actually haven't loved well, not going to be a good day. Like, will I be in heaven? Probably. But you're going to be a clanging gong. I, I don't want to be a clanging gong to God. I, I, want, I, want, I want God to go, oh, you did it. Now, are we doing it 100%? No. It's not that we're doing it 100%. And only if you do it 100% is it worth it. No. But if we aren't striving to do it at every area of our life, we will do it in no areas of our life. If I'm not pursuing 100%, if I pursue 100%, I'm hitting on a good day 60. 
If you're pursuing, I'll do it a couple of times, you're hitting like 10%. And so we, we wanna choose effort to shift what's going on in us. Now we know that God loved us first. We love God in response to him loving us. And then we love each other in, God's res- in our response to God, right? So it's God to us, us to God, and then us to each other. That's how that works, right? It's threefold love of God. That's how it's played out. It's the fundamental revelation of God's bridegroom love to us. He's pursued you. Think of how much he knows about you that nobody knows. And he still loves you. And he's still suffering with our failures. He's still bearing with our foibles. He's still bearing with the things that we don't do well. Is he not? Come on. Hello. Come on. People, wake up behind those masks. Some of you like pulling them up over your eyes. No, I'm joking. Um, (laughs) That's what we need. Those masks that don't let anyone know whether we're sleeping or not. But the thing is, is... We, we, he knows, he knows what's in me. He, I know what he knows that I know. Are you following me? And he's with me, which makes me go, I can do it. No, I don't want to, I can do it. If he did it with me, I can do it with you. I'm going to do it with you. I'm going to do it with you. I'm going to love you the way he loves me. I'm going to suffer with you the way you suffer with me. Now, there's many challenges to these things. There's, I think there's many challenges in our society to loving well. Anybody? Many. I mean, we could have, you know, however many people are here, we can have that many plus different challenges that face us when it comes to loving well. And, um, and I get that. I do. I get it. You get it. It's hard. It is hard. It is hard. Anyone want to say it's hard? It's hard. Christianity is hard. No one, well, a lot of people said Christianity would be easy, but Christianity is hard, isn't it? If you do it well, it's challenging. If I love well, it's challenging. And it's one of the more challenging things I've done. It's even harder than saying no to sugar. I love sugar. I just do. I hate that I love it, but I do. And it's so bad for you. But it's like, the thing is, is that ultimately, he says, I'm going to give you the grace to do it. And then I'm going to partner with people who encourage me to do it. And then I'm going to stay in the lane of what it looks like to do it. It's the holiday season. It's the, ho- I won't sing, don't worry. But it's the, it's a bickle voice singing, that's ugly. It's a holiday season. And the thing is, is it's the most wonderful time of the year, we're told, when I find it to be quite the opposite. It's the most challenging time of the year. It's challenging. It's pressures, financial pressures. It's pressures of fathers to supply for families. It's the pressure of single moms and single dads supplying. It's the pressure of those little kids thinking in their head what's going to be on Christmas morning. And we know Christmas morning and what's in their head. Two different situations, two different realities, right? And that's pressure. Listen, that's pressure. It's pressure. It's pressure to decorate. It's pressure to make memories. It's pressure. It's all pressure, is it not? These pressures add stress to our life, which causes challenges to love well. Stress causes us to have challenges to love well. When we are stressed out, we want everyone to leave us alone. We just want to do what soothes us. We want to do which brings relief to our mind, relief to our soul, just, right? Anybody? And God goes, the pressures are here. They're increasing, but you can do it. You can do it. And, but you have to have it in front of you. And then we have the layers of more challenges. The culture we're in today. The culture we're in today is so divided, is it not? It's divided on hello. No, you're supposed to say hi. Okay, I'm sorry. Hi. No, you're supposed to say hello. Okay, can I tell you hello and you hi? (laughs) It's real. And then it's the challenges of those cultural uh, realities within our family systems because everyone believes something different or how to walk it out different 
or what it looks like to walk it out different. Even Christianity within Christian families. Well, how does that look? What's that supposed to be? Well, blah, 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 blah. Well, the Lord showed me. Well, the Lord showed me. And it's like a war of what the Lord showed people. And it's like, can someone just do the dishes? <laughs> Have the war while you're washing dishes. <laughs> like, please, one dry, one, I mean, just something, right? But no, it's like we want to have these topics and not truly love well. And loving well means I, I kind of want to listen to you more than I do my own voice. Which, I mean, that's not real. Have you ever listened to someone just talk in a room? Never asking the person in front, well, what do you think? And the minute they start, they butt in. That's not love. Honestly, I'm being serious. I'm giving little practical ways in the in the in between. It's real that I care about what you think. Why? Because God cares about what you think. Does that make what you think right or wrong? No, it just means that someone actually cares about your voice. And it matters that our voices are heard. It matters that we're heard. And often family systems, we sit and we listen to the two or three who who get in the struggle to have the conversation and everyone else sits around. It doesn't really sound fun to me, but it's long-standing patterns and we want to break those patterns, amen? We, we, we want to have conversations that invite everyone into the conversation even if they wholeheartedly disagree with you. I do not want to die on the hill of politics. Not going to do it. Not dying on the hill of supporting Biden. Not dying on the hill of supporting Trump. And the reason I say that is there is a hill that we are all called to, and his name is Jesus. And here's the thing. That hill's going to get really ugly really quick because he's going to say things all of society is going to bulk against. That's a hard Hill. I don't need four hills before that to die. It's like, no, I'm good. I don't need the, the president of our United States, be it a, a man or a woman, be the person I'm dying for. No, not, I, probably not going to happen. Now, I think it's good to have our voices heard, but I'm not dying on that hill. I don't want to die on the hill of cultural wars. There are so many cultural wars. Cultural wars, just whew, screaming matches on Twitter. Cultural wars, who's right and who's wrong? Well, the Bible says, the Bible doesn't say, well, it means this, well, it left that, well, it was a cultural when they said it. It's like, I don't want to die on the hill of cultural wars. The greatest of these is love, which doesn't mean I get to agree with everyone's sin. That's not what it's saying. I have friends who live lifestyles I wholeheartedly disagree with, and I love them. Like, I love them. I don't want to, every time I'm with them, they know how horrible I think they are. But it's what we do, you guys. I was in a text thread with some, uh, uh, some friends, young friends here at IHOP, and it was like, oh, someone, the church, someone needs to let the church know they're doing this poorly, they're doing that poorly. And I'm like, no, no, actually, no. Like, you want to treat the church the way you want the church to treat you. You want to have a conversation about her the way you want her to have a conversation about your sin. Which doesn't mean we don't have the conversations. We absolutely have the conversations. But we communicate it and we have them when it's a, a different season, a different time. It's not every time we open our mouth. To be mad at the church or to have insight at how bad the church is doing is not revelatory, you guys. It's not a big revelation to see the failures of human beings, is it? I don't find it really revelatory. And I don't find it revelatory about the church either. I'm like, wow, you saw that big hole, not because I would have missed it. And it's like the Lord goes, I actually love her. But I love you just as much as I love her because you are her. And I need you to treat her the way you want her to treat you. I don't find that to be the case. I find it to be the case that we're in a culture where everyone points everyone's failures. And then we separate from them. And then we quit talking to them. 
And then we say, they've done it wrong. And then we rail in our pontificating, sort of sanctimonious way of letting everyone know how poorly this is being done. It's like, thanks, I appreciate, I do, I actually do appreciate that you see it. But how about you join in on how to shift it? And so I, I, I want us to shift our brains. I want us to shift the way we love. I want us to have 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 be the cornerstone of how we, the, the filter, if you were, of how I'm loving somebody. It doesn't mean you quit talking to them. Well, they're not talking to me. Well, okay, great. How about you pursue them? My brother uh, does a five-part series on restoring wounded relationships. It's gold. I mean, gold. And I'm not saying that because he's my brother. It's gold. I listen to it cyclically. I listen to it cyclically for my own life. Literally. I, yearly, I open it up and listen to it. It's five parts. It takes a minute. But it's so good. And then I also listen to it just for my own, like, uh, you know, helping people. It's beautiful information on how to uh, restore wounded and broken relationships. Now, we know those broken relationships by virtue of how they respond to us or don't respond to us. And we, we, wanna, we wanna shift those things. We wanna shift. We see that love begins to grow cold between spouses. Love starts growing cold between children and parents, between siblings, between cousins. It's the family I'm talking about. And we see that it starts getting a little edgy and, and it, it starts, we, we, we draw further and further away and then it gets harder and harder and so we just never address it. And he goes, no, I, I want you. And if you can't address it, Tracy, just bring in somebody to help you address it. It's not that big of a deal. It can happen. Slow and steady wins the race. But we want to love well. I want to be able to say in that day, that I was faithful to that which he called Christians to, which is to love well. And I was faithful to doing what I know that he's asking for us to do. Now, the thing is, as many of us have never been actually trained to love well, which sounds odd, but do you know that we have to have a conversation of how to love with ourselves? I talk to my grandchildren. <laughs> God bless their souls. You might want to start praying for their grandchildren because of their grandmother. But um, I, I talk to them. I'm like, come on. No, you want to tell your mom and dad, thank you. Well, I did. I go, no, like a little bit more. Like give them why you're thankful and maybe hug them. And they're like, grandma. And, and I appreciate that. I mean, it's, you know, it's sort of age appropriate to take, 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 walk away and go, thanks, and keep moving. But I also want them to be trained to do a little more. You have to train. You have to train to be thoughtful. Some of us aren't even thoughtful. I, I'm serious. I think you ought to put it in your phones. Now, I, I wouldn't probably put in your phone a reminder to suffer long. <laughs> Can you imagine the spouse suffer long? You're, what, you think you're suffering with me? <laughs> right? It's like, uh, excuse me. <laughs> So that, I wouldn't put that in your phone, but I would put things and reminders. Those phones are brilliant if you use them properly. Put reminders in your phones to be thoughtful. Put reminders in your phones to do deeds of kindness. Put reminders in your phones. I'm actually being serious. Some of you need to take your phones out and start putting reminders in. And you're going to go, well, she's going to see me. I, I appreciate it. She'll appreciate it. She, Anyone want someone to be reminded to be nice, to be kind, to long suffer? Because here's the thing. I love the study of neuroscience. And neuroscience is actually catching up with the Bible. And it was showing that tests showed, no shock for us, but tests showed that our brains are instinctively self-absorbed. <laughs> Shocking, I know. Shocking. And it, they're instinctively, we instinctively think of ourselves first. We instinctively think of our food first. We instinctively think of serving us first. We instinct, like they've did all these tests. But the thing that they've done that has caught up with the Bible is they've actually showed that you can retrain your brain to think of others first. 
Isn't that beautiful? It's called neuroplasticity. And they're like, they call it mindfulness. We call it taking every thought captive. Right? Being mindful, being pausing this thing called the brain, which is a beast for many of us, and telling it what to do and where to go and how to think and how to feel. Many of us never even consider that. And neuroscience says if you choose to do that with your brain, you can change how you think about people first. It's called other-centered. And we want to be other-centered, amen? Amen? (laughs) This is the time to really make the person next to you happy. (laughs) And it's like, that's what we're looking for. That's what he's looking for from us. We, we see love starts growing cold. We see snarky words go between family members and spouses and children. And we see jokes that are really jabs. Those are real signs that something's amiss in your love towards that person. I don't find any of that helpful. It's actually usually not funny and it's awkward for those in the room. Because they're like, whoa, well, that didn't land well. And, but they're signs. We see people not responding, not responding in hugs, not responding in affection. And it's signs that love is growing slightly cold within a family system. Now, the beautiful thing is that we can turn that around, but we have to address some things. Now, not every issue has to be addressed, but some issues will have to be addressed. We're not going to gift our ways and buy our way out of angry children, angry spouses. They're going to take that Tesla and drive away angry. (laughs) But they'll take the Tesla. They may even say thank you, but they're going to drive away angry, and you're still going to have to work it out. Anyone else besides me ever tried to just buy your... I'm not buying Teslas. I'm buying, you know, $5 things. But anyone trying to like, here, honey, and they're like, "Uh uh-huh. I'm like, no, I just thought of you. They're like, uh-huh. I'm like, I hate you. No, do you know what I mean? Like, I hate that I've told you why doing this doesn't work, and you know what I'm doing. I hate it, right? When you've trained your children to spot things, they're like, what are you doing, Mom? I'm like, okay. I'm sorry. I know, I'm sorry. And so what we want to look at is how we can shift, how we can be other-centered, how we can love well how we can choose. Do you know it's step by step, choice by choice, day by day we shift things. We don't shift things with a shundala bundle of bam and we never behave poorly again. It this doesn't happen. There's no twinkling dust that's gonna shift you. God's gonna move powerfully and you're gonna get in that car and be snotty to your family members because we have grown accustomed to behavior and language that isn't helpful. We have to shift that. We have to say no to that. We have to have a conversation with ourselves. Many people go, well, that's just who I am. No, that's actually how you handle yourself. That isn't who you are. That's how you're handling yourself, which isn't so fun for the rest of us, but you can shift that. I'm astounded at how many people go, that's just who I am. You don't understand. I just, my brain doesn't hold all the information. I just get, I I get confused or I'm right-brained or I'm left-brained or I'm busy. There's too many things on my plate. Are you following me? That's just who I am. And the Lord goes, you can shift that, but you're going to have to think it through. You're going to have to set reminders in your phones. You're going to have to write things out. You're going to have to look at the person next to you and apologize. You're going to have to sign back up. I have to sign back up. I feel like I sign back up every half day because it's so easy to lose. And the thing is, is, is the, even the Nero study science says that when you start choosing to be mindful, just like the Bible says, when you start choosing, it becomes a habit. And then you're not reminding yourself. It's out of the overflow of your heart. But it will never be that if we don't start. Amen? And so we want to start. We want to we look. We, we want to choose to ask people what they feel and not just hurry them up so we can continue talking. We, we, we want to we hear someone's story and not go, I've got a bigger story. Of course, we don't say it that way. But there's always a better story as opposed to just letting that story last and asking that person more about that story. We're giving our better story 
our more intense story, our more whatever story. And, and I, I don't want to do that. I, I want to love well. And the holidays, we're together all the time, aren't we? Well, not so much with the pandemic, I suppose. But it feels like sometimes we're together, even if it's in FaceTime. Even if it's, if it's Zoom. We're, we're on these things and we're seeing each other. And we, we want to listen to others as much as we listen to ourselves. We want to love people that think differently. Go figure. We want to appreciate why they think different. We want to understand why they think different. Not so we can change them. Right? Like, we actually really care why they think what they think. There's usually real reasons behind why they think what they think. And um, we want to choose to act in the opposite way of our natural inclination, which is to do me, 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 and oh, by the way, more of me. And society all day long tells us to do that. It's how we feel, it's how we think, it's our, be our authentic self, be our true self, be our this self, be self, 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 and more self. Now, I'm a huge proponent, and I'm ending with this, and we're gonna pray. I'm a huge proponent of, of understanding yourself, of why we do what we do. I'm a, a, God's a huge proponent. He asked Cain a couple of questions that required Cain ask himself why he's angry, why he's disappointed, why he's sad, because he knew Cain didn't understand his internal systems. I'm a huge proponent of what God's a huge proponent of. But if it's only about me to the exclusion of others, then I'm in, I'm in some trouble. I want to love well, don't you? So what we're going to do is we're going to pray. It's my worship team. And I would like everyone to stand. And if you're with your spouses and, your, and or your children, I want you to grab hands. We're going to pray with each other. I know. She's like, wow, she really means this stuff. <laughs> if you're like me and you're by yourself, we're going to pray for us, ourselves, and our family. We're going to stand the gap. But if you're with your spouse or your children, you're actually going to turn towards each other and we're going we're gonna to reset the system. We're going to reset the system together. Mm-hmm. We're going to say we're signing back up. This is your, you're praying with them, and I'm praying with you. And mm-hmm. if you're like me and you're by yourself, then we're, we're praying for our greater family, and this is the time <laughs> we get to pray for them. So we ask you, Lord, to come. Yes, Lord. We ask for a spirit of grace over this family. We ask for a spirit of grace mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. more grace and greater grace over this family. I'm asking, Father, this greater family system that we're in, that you would open our eyes to love well, that you would encounter us with your love for us, that we might then share it with the one next to us. We ask you to do it, Lord. We want, Father, reset the systems in these families today that they would sign back up to loving well, that they wouldn't just go with the status quo of behavior, that we would choose to shift. Come, Lord, let your love abound in this spiritual family for those online, for those at home. I'm asking you to turn towards your your spouse or your family member and, and sign back up in a real way and say, let's do this. We ask for a greater grace, Father. Greater grace over our children, our parents, our siblings. Let your love abound endlessly. Come, Father. We're just going to stay here a minute. Yes, Lord, move by your spirit. Good job. Thank you. You said you were up here by yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, I do have you, don't You're I? brother, man. You're not up here by yourself. Amen. No, you stay there. We're staying there. You know, one thing that I just want to point out is that there's a bunch of us in the room. We're saying, I want to do better. But then our family member is going, oh, well, we'll see. Right. Give them a break. Amen. They've not done well the last months or years. They're saying, for real, I want to do better. Don't watch them the next 10 days and measure and 
point out to them, well, you're not really doing better like you said on Sunday. Let's not do any of that. We gotta let guys like us that don't do it well, who wanna do it better, not get evaluated every day while we're trying to do it better. Amen. Because God's not doing that to us. Like he is unendingly gracious to me in how I signed back up with him and I don't do it the way I signed back up with him. So we say, come Lord. Come Lord. That's it, just all over the room. Just stay with it for a minute. Pray for each other. Speak grace. Speak a greater grace. Speak a greater grace over families in this place. In our hearts, we give grace to family members who stumbled in this area or trying to do better. The point I made a minute ago, I just want to stay with that. Let's give grace to the spouse, the siblings, the children, the parents. Oh, help me to love with open arms. We think, oh yeah, we'll see if they do better. Let's not even do that. Love that erases all the lines and sees the truth. Lord, we want to do it your way. Oh, that we Help us to do it better, to do it the way of the kingdom. Even in just a smile, let them feel the Father's love. Help me, Lord. Grace, grace. Zachariah said, shout, grace, grace. Grace, grace over this community. Grace over your children, your marriage. Grace over your parents, your siblings, your neighbors. Grace, grace. We need it. We give it. We want more. We need it more. We give it more. Grace, grace. Even in just a smile, they would feel the Father's love. Even, even in just a smile, they would feel the Father's love. So help me to love the way. To love the way you love. were convicted, a lot of us are inspired, some got real pain about this. You're going, oh, this, I, I hate listening to this subject. Lord, I ask for the oil of healing. I ask you for the oil of healing, that in the place of the spirit of heaviness, you would give the oil of healing supernatural for those here and those joining us by the web stream. Their hearts are hurting desperately right now, hearing this message. I ask for the healing balm of the Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, Lord, heal the broken and the heavy heart in Jesus' name. Healing. Make this an hour of healing, a week of healing. Pour out the oil Oh, the oil of your goodness on our hearts. Oil right now. In my mouth, 
this is a family. I speak healing over hearts right now. Children, parents, spouses, siblings. New beginning. A new beginning with a new healing. A new freshness in the heart. A new confidence to go forward. The Lord says every day is a new day in the mercy of God. We give you mercy. We receive your mercy.